Good evening, church. Welcome to Bible study for this evening. We have come together as the Lord has enabled us again. Uh, today is Tuesday, December 13th, 2022. Beautiful evening to us all. And I welcome us as we all join tonight through, our, uh, through the various platforms. We have Zoom and Mix, Mixella. You're all welcome tonight in Jesus' name. It's a beautiful evening where we'll be looking at the word of the Lord as we've been studying for some time now with particular reference to the letter of the Apostle Paul to the church in Rome. And we are currently in the 12th chapter. We've been studying a little um, deeper into a few thoughts as we've been um, We've been going through and, and, and looking into for some time now. I welcome everyone as we come in tonight. I believe tonight that we are coming in and um, we are with our Bibles and we are all set to, to learn the word of the Lord. As we go in tonight, I want us to pray. Lord, we come in your name, we come in your presence. We come to hear, we come to learn. Let the power of your presence be felt. By faith, we receive every token of blessing and grace your word brings. Lord, at every heart and every home, this word enters tonight. Let it be a tangible change by the preaching and the teaching of your word. Let these words not come alone in mere human speech, but let it be accompanied by power and your anointing and the Holy Spirit and much assurance. Let faith be built in your people's heart tonight. And let everything that the human flesh and human mind can receive of your word be received tonight. In the name of Jesus. May your people be full of joy and testimony. In Jesus' name. Amen. And amen. Um, tonight, as we continue in the word of the Lord, I want to challenge you to come before his presence with faith in your heart. With faith in your heart. With faith in your heart. 
I believe strongly tonight that the word of the Lord will, will do good to every heart, every home, and every ear that listen. In Jesus' name. We've been studying the gift of the Spirit, and we have come and we began to look at the gift of the apostle. And remember the reason God gave us this gift to the church is for the benefit. So God has ordained and designed that in the church there'll be apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, teachers for a reason that his church will lack nothing. So if there's any proximity in a certain location that there's a particular need in his body, he plants people with gift. And I'm trusting the Lord that a time will come where each of the ministry gift will be in operation in localities. And there will be no shame in each church calling for an apostle who has, who have a role to play or someone with a prophetic gift from God or someone who is an evangelist from God or someone who can teach and there'll be no shame to call for the help of a teacher and there'll be no competition, there'll be no shame. The teacher will not see himself as special. The prophet will not see himself as the prophetic man and every word of the Lord will be fulfilled within each region, each locality, that the entire church may be one and strengthen itself and be defied as one. In the name of the Lord Jesus. You know, remember the incident. Think in Acts. Thing 14 or thereabout, where a disciple by the name Lydia or Dorcas died. And the disciples and the church heard that Peter was in Antioch. And they said, No, 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 there's an apostle here. He has the given apostle. We will not bury her until we send for him. And when he came, by the power of the spirit, he brought to bear the gift of the working of miracles in the office of the apostle to bear, to strengthen the church in that region. And that which ought to bring tears and problem in that church was fixed by the gift of the spirit in the region. I am trusting God. The time will come where there will be 
the openness and the understanding of the purpose of God for his gift without prejudice and without being selfish, without, without, without wanting to own the spirit, but, but, but release the gift for the benefit of the church. A time will come when the church will see itself as the church of God and as one in Christ, preaching Christ and being able to harness the benefit of the gift of the spirit. For if God says, I will give the gift, then he will give the gift. I want to start this evening quickly again as I recap. There are certain gifts of the spirit that have special place for the ecclesia. The gifts mentioned in Ephesians 4 are gifts to the church. And the occupiers of this office by the Lord requires the gift of the spirit to function in that gift of the spirit to the church. Let me explain again. Ephesians chapter 4 verse 11 gifts are gifts to the church. Their role is to superintend and 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 coordinate in a systematic order and fashion the the activities of the church that that which god is doing might be fully replicated from place to place that the work of christ may flourish and spread throughout the world. So when Jesus ascended on high, he gave gifts to men. In fact, in the Bible, I think it's NASB, it said he gave men as what? As gifts to the church. But these men that he gave as gifts to the church are not in themselves special. It is the grace of God that has chosen as he wills. But these men operate in the office or in their function or in their roles by the gift of the spirit. So we see as it were a dual working of the spirit, the, the gift of the spirit in this function in Ephesians chapter four. And the first one we mentioned is the apostle. And the word apostle simply means the word apostolos. And in simple analogy, it means a, a one delegated to carry out an assignment. That means there's a delegator and there's a delegate in close proximity, in close range. It also means the sent one. And from our last class, we discovered that Jesus had the 12. They were once disciples, but after his, his, his calling to them, they became his apostles. That would read in Luke 6, 12 to 16, Mark 3, 13 to 14, and Mark 6, verse 30. In Luke 9, the Bible says, he called for the 12 apostles and gave them power and authority 
and he sent them forth. Hallelujah. Now, to start with tonight, let me say this, that Jesus is also referred to as an apostle. Remember I said that our Lord Jesus operated in all the gifts of the spirit, all the gifts, all. The gift of word of wisdom, knowledge, um, 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 healing, everything except two. The only two he did, in fact, he operated in, the, in, 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 in mercy, the, the gift of mercy, hospitality, of helps, of government, everything, of giving. There were times they had to pay tax. They had no tax. He gave. He gave by miracles. Say, Peter, go to the streamer, and the fish you catch, open the money, you find a coin. Go and used to pay. So that is provision. They were in need of food. He multiplied it. He gave in abundance. Amen tonight. So Jesus operated in all the gift of except two. And the two that he didn't work in were the gift of tongues and interpretation of tongues. Why? Because it was peculiar and particular to the Holy Spirit's coming. Those two gifts were, were, were particularly tied to the coming of the Holy Spirit. That's why it manifested the very first day the Holy Spirit came. He spoke in tongues and praised God. So the gift of tongues and tongues interpretation is tied to the advent of Pentecost. That's the reason Jesus didn't operate in those days because the Holy Spirit hadn't come. And in any case, there was no need for him to operate in those gifts because he didn't go outside the region of those who understood him. He, he ministered round about Jerusalem and Judea primarily. So he didn't go to strange lands that he had to learn their language. But having said that tonight, in Hebrews 13, verse, Hebrews 3, verse 1, let me show us how Jesus operated in the office of the apostle. I will show us also tonight in the prophets, if, 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 if the Lord permits us tonight. Hebrews 3, I'll read verse 1, just, just verse 1. It says, Wherefore, holy brethren, partakers of the heavenly calling, consider the word, the apostle and high priest of our profession, Christ Jesus. He was the special one sent by God. He was the apostle of our word, our, our faith. Galatians 4 verse 4. And, and when the fullness of time was come, God sent forth his son. God sent forth. There was an, an, an apostolic mandate in Christ from God to the world. God sent forth his son in the likeness of sinful flesh to condemn sin in the flesh and to make them who have been subject to the bondage of the fear of death become free and liberated in all their lifetimes. Hebrews 2, 13, 14, 15. So we see Jesus as the apostle and high priest. So Jesus was an high priest, was also what? An apostle. 
as we look at the ministry or the office of the apostle, like we, we highlighted in the last class, they have a special call. But this evening, before I go make progress, I want to try and distinguish a little the classes of an apostle. Now, first, Jesus functioned in the office of the apostle. But for the purpose of studying, like we see, there are what we call the foundational apostles. Please note that. They are what we call what? The foundational apostle. As the Paul would say, no other foundation should be laid beyond that which has been laid upon Christ and his what? The apostles. So the apostles, we have the foundational apostles, the apostles that laid the foundation after Christ left. And none of them was replaced after their death. Please know that no foundational apostle was replaced to take the place of the apostles at the time. Judas was prophesied to betray the cause. And the psalmist said, his bishopric, another word would take. And so when they had to cast Lord, Matthias was chosen and he filled. And, and the criteria in Acts two was, we must choose one who had been with us from the very beginning, who has seen his baptism, who has seen his ministering, who saw his death, who saw him on the cross, we saw him buried, we saw him resurrected, and I saw him ascended. These are the eyewitness apostles. And there are 12, Matthias included, after Judas died. So we have the foundational apostles, those who saw Jesus. What made them these foundational apostles? Tell me to Acts chapter 1. Acts 1 quickly. So in distinguishing between these, we'll see the scripture basis why they are called the foundational apostles. Acts 1 from verse 20, from verse 20. For it is written in the book of Psalms, let his habitation be desolate, and let no man dwell therein, and his bishopric or his office let another take, referring to Judas. So the bishopric of Judas or his office or his function was to be taken by another. Wherefore, 21, wherefore of these men which have accompanied, now listen now, accompanied with us all the time that the Lord Jesus went in and what? And out among us. Beginning from the baptism of John, that means Matthias was with them from the very beginning, but it wasn't counted as the 12th for reason nobody could explain. But actually he had been with them, following them all through. Praise God. Verse, beginning from the baptism of John, until the same day that he was taken up from us, must one be ordained to be a word witness. The word witness that means apostle. Hallelujah. With us of his word, resurrection. And they appointed two, Joseph called Basabas, who was surnamed Justus and Matthias. Now, that's the, let, let's, 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 let's hold on them. Now, if you go to verse 26, 
he became Jesus, and they gave forth their Lord, and the Lord fell on upon Matthias, and he was numbered with what the eleven, and they made twelve. So these twelve here became what the foundational apostles. Hallelujah. And they're also referred to as what the eyewitnesses. Told me in Bible to Second Peter chapter one. Quickly. Second Peter chapter one. Second Peter chapter one after Hebrews. First, second Peter one. Let's read verse 16. Verse 16 of second Peter one. It says, Peter now writing here to the church. For we have not followed cunningly devised fables. When we made known unto you the power and the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, but we're what? Eyewitnesses. So everyone that fell under the foundational apostle are all what? Eyewitness of his word resurrection. So the apostles who were in the foundation were all what? Eyewitnesses. So we see Peter here writing this. Now, let's see what John said. First John chapter 1. First John chapter 1 and verse 1. I read, that which was from the beginning, which we have what? Heard, which we have seen with our own eyes. It means we are what? I. Now, this is John the Beloved. That was Peter the Rock. The third person that was there on the mount was James, but James was killed in Acts 12 by Herod to vex the church. And that was the beginning of the persecution of the church that made the church to split and run away from a group gathering point called the Solomon's Porch. And they now went to Tamitian from house to house to escape being noticed and to escape the wrath of the Sanhedrin, which the apostle Paul will later on go to exacerbate and begin to destroy and, 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 and punish the church. No wonder just like told him in Acts 10, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? He said, who are thou, Lord? He said, I am Jesus whom you are, Lord, whom you are persecuting. That means everyone that is persecuted in the world today or every believer who is going through a trial or test? Listen, it is Jesus that is being persecuted in our Sunday tonight. So we see the foundation, apostles. We see that as we've read. So we can now say categorically that they are, that the word they are categorical apostles. The first language word, the foundational apostles who are what eyewitnesses. Sunday amen tonight. All right. So for those who argue that there are no more apostles, no, there are. Because you find in the Bible, the word apostles used for other people apart from the 12th. In fact, there's a 13th, which will come to shortly. And every parameter of the apostle was also fulfilled in him. But now there's also the non foundational apostles is right down there is also the non foundational apostle and everyone who falls under this category by the lord is a privilege of god 
that ought to be taken in all humility. In fact, anyone who is called as an apostle today will live a humble life because so much is placed on his or shoulder. Or rather, on his shoulder. Amen. So we have the non-apostle which we can find in the life of Barnabas being called an apostle. We see that in Acts chapter uh, 14, verses 4 and 14. Let's turn it tonight. We, 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 last class, we, we read that, but let's turn to Acts 14, verses 4 and 14. We see Paul and Barnabas going to preach after their, um, um, their first um, journey, um, their first journey journey, when they were, they were called by the Lord in Acts 13, verse 1. When God said, now let's start from Acts 13, verse 1 first, and then we'll go to 14, 4 and 14 to see. Acts 13, verse 1. Now there were certain in the church that was at Antioch, certain prophets and teachers, as what? Barnabas. Let's leave that. So we see here that Barnabas was a teaching prophet or a prophet or a teacher. However, we look at it. Praise God. But now let's come to 14 verse 4. Hallelujah. Praise God. Now we see that Paul and Barnabas have been come to the place called Iconium. And they were preaching there. And the Lord was doing many things in their hands. And the Jews began to rise up against them to withstand them. And verse 4 says, but the multitude of the city was divided and part helped with the Jews and part with what? The apostles. Who are the apostles here? Paul and Barnabas. Praise God. Now, verse 14 of the same scripture. In fact, let, let's see verse, um, verse 11 to 14. And when the people saw what Paul had done, they lift up their voices saying in the speech of Lyconia, the gods are come down to us in letters of men. And they call Barnabas, listen, Barnabas, Jupiter, and Paul, Mercurius, because he was a chief speaker. Then the priest of Jupiter, which was before the city, brought oxen and gallants onto the gate and will have done sacrifice on the people, which when the apostles, Barnabas and all. So Barnabas here was not among the world, the foundational apostles. Now, technically also, we could allude that Paul was not among the apostles who are at the foundation. But in the course of deeper study, we will find out that actually Paul was counted. Paul fulfilled all the criteria of a foundational apostle. And therefore, we can, we can, we can, we can say by inference, by in fulfilling the criteria to have the, qualif the, 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 the qualification to be counted among the um, foundational apostles. So we see here that Barnabas and the others also in the New Testament who were called apostles. But now, who's an apostle? Either foundational or non-foundational. Now, an apostle is a special delegate that God anoints for the church to preach Jesus with signs following in strange lands 
particularly to break new ground and having done so by the power of the Holy Spirit manifest in his life, not once, but consistently in his life. And then ordain pastors, deacons, and elders to superintend and grow the church. So the job of an apostle is not based in one location. So when somebody who is a pastor takes up the title of an apostle, he doesn't know what an apostle should be doing. An apostle is not based in a local church. He's meant to go and establish church and go around to what? To confirm, to strengthen, to establish the faith of the churches he has established. Praise God. An apostle is licensed to strengthen the churches he has established. Please, let's note that. So for one to be called an apostle, it means he has broken fallow grounds. He has established churches by the power of the spirit. There must be the manifestation of power in his life. Second Corinthians 12. Everybody turn with me tonight. Second Corinthians 12. We'll read from verse 11. Second Corinthians 12. All right. Let's see what Paul says and describes here. And we'll see also in Apostle Peter and all the other apostles who, who serve as apostles in the foundation. 11 says, I, I am become a fool in, in glory. He have compelled me, for I ought to have been co commended of you. For in nothing I am behind. Okay, for in, in nothing am I behind the very chiefest apostles, though I be nothing. Truly, the signs of an apostle were wrought among you in what? All patience, in signs, and in wonders, and in mighty deeds. So, this is the way to know an apostle. This is the way to know what an apostle is. It is not by what you are called. It is by the manifestation consistently of the gift of the spirit in what? In patience, in signs, in wonders, and in what? Mighty deeds. Because you need this gift of the spirit to actually break into new territories. So anyone that calls, that's why today, please let's be, let's, let's, let's understand who an apostle is and let's not call those final apostles, apostles. We are not helping them. And we're not saying, go and tell them you're not an apostle. No, just don't bother about it. Just look at them and just walk away. So we see Paul here describing the signs of an apostle. And most times apostles that walk in this sense are, are don't even want themselves to be known. So we see that. An apostle also will always desire to go to new territories and new grounds. Last week we saw that as we read Romans 15, verse 20. If you can go to that, let's go to Romans. Romans 15, verse 20. Paul said here, in fact, let's read verse 19 and verse 20. So we see the apostle, he must consistently manifest. Amen tonight. 
please, let's take care of this. So when we see people saying, Apostle this, you start evaluating them from Scripture. So if at any point in time you have the opportunity to confront or, or interrogate, you might, you might present biblical facts to people. Ephesians 15, but 19 and 20, and I'm going to read first, sorry, Romans 15, verses 19 and 20, and I'm going to read first Romans chapter 1, verse 5. But let's read this one first. 19 says, through mighty signs, wow, in fact, from verse 18. For I will not dare to speak of any of those things which Christ had not wrought by me. You see that? To make the Gentiles what? Obedient to who? To Christ. So that is, there are things that Paul worth by the work of the Lord to make the Gentile world obedient. What does it mean? It says, as in my preaching of the gospel, the signs accompanied me that made Gentiles obedient. By word and deed, 19. Through mighty signs and wonders by the power of the Spirit of God, so that from Jerusalem and round about unto Illicom, I have fully preached the gospel of Christ. Now remember, before this time, nobody has been to this regions before. Praise God. Paul was the one that broke the ground and Barnabas. And later on, he sent Titus, he sent Timotheus, he sent Stephanus, he sent others to what? To tarry there. He said, he said, he said, he said for this cause, Titus 1, I've left thee in Crete, verse 5, that thou may ordain elders and deacons and charge them that they don't preach any other gospel. He said, Timothy, I left thee in where? In Ephesus. So he left them where he had preached. That is a, an apostle. Not someone who is fighting in Lagos or in Abuja or in Atlanta to hold to the city and become an apostle and, and is pastor in church, but he loves the title apostle. Biblical apostle does not operate in that criteria. Verse 20. Yea, so I have strived to preach the gospel not where Christ was named. So an apostle strives to preach where Christ has not been preached before. So the closest to an apostle today in our time are missionaries. I repeat, the closest to an apostle in our time today are what? Are missionaries. But there are people that God ordained as apostles who are going from place to place, breaking fallow ground. Hallelujah. May God raise apostles in our times to go to grounds where the gospel hasn't been preached before. And by the power of the Spirit and the signs of an apostle, break the grounds and establish the work of God. Because it takes the work of power to break fallow grounds. First Thessalonians chapter 1. First Thessalonians chapter 1. Just giving us scriptures upon scripture. So strengthening this point that I'm trying to make. First, Thessalonians 1, we read verse 5. For the gospel came not unto you in word only, but what? Also in power, in the Holy Ghost, and in much assurance. You see the word there? So we see this word, the being said over and over in every ground, the Paul goes to us an apostle. As an apostle. So as we 
examining the office of apostle is an important part of the gift of God to the church. And these signs operate. Now, the apostle, having preached, will strengthen the church, will, will teach and expound the word. Sometimes the apostle can also pastor for a while, like Paul in Ephesus. So the apostle can prophesy, he can evangelize, he can pastor, he can also what? He can also teach. And, and that's the reason Jesus Christ operating in all these ministries. So anyone who is gifted as an apostle can also function in all that gift of the spirit as the Lord strengthens them. Now, in the light of this, having known the the the, the son of, 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 of the apostle, there's no need today in our world for people to call themselves senior apostle. That's an aberration, please. There's no, even Peter was not a senior apostle. It's not a thing of competition to show that you are apostle first before somebody else. Anyone who wants to be called a senior apostle does not really know who an apostle is. Today, you hear the word most senior apostle. Now, it's true. I, I'm not joking. We have senior apostles. We have senior apostles. And we have most senior apostles. This is an aberration to the word of God. Let us not pursue title. Let's go into service of God's word. An apostle is an apostle as the Lord ordains. And it's strange to me that you find men today in our day also being called his lordship, your lordship. Where did you get that from? His holiness. These are men. These are men ascribing to themselves the title of God. Some call themselves supreme leader. You know, it sounds, it sounds like two brothers. It sounds like a politician. How can you say you are a supreme leader? When you are not a dictator, are you Hitler or a butcher? How can a person that stands in the office of, of, of the gospel call himself the supreme leader? Because the apostle is now small. Today, men call themselves reverend. Folks, there's no reverend in the Bible. Right? Or center, or moose, whatever. Some might say it's just a way to from each from each denomination to, 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 to differentiate the hierarchy. How come are we hierarchy? In, in, in the relations, when the sole reference of oppression is the Bible, the way that God has designed the church to operate, and that's the one which we can't go outside it, is the Bible. Let's share with the word of God. 
not with the with the thinking of men. Paul says that the faith of men will not rest in man's wisdom, but rest in the power, but rest in the word. For the power of God is the word of God. His eminence. And when you see them, they look eminent. Praise God. Now, don't go about dishonoring men, but let not the title of men bring you into subjection. For we are all equal before the hand of God in the church. God is the one that knows who and who he has appointed as leaders in the church, and we know what name that we call. He, he, he gave gifts to the church. He gave men as gifts, and to, to some he gave what? Apostles. He didn't give anyone as his holiness. Let that idea begin to die, because ultimately it will die. It must stop, because it began from someone. These things began from a place. It didn't start from the beginning. From the beginning, it wasn't so. In fact, from the beginning, we had elders, we had deacons, we had we had we had bishops, all we had presbyters. All these words are the same word for pastor. For one who is in charge of a of, of a flock. But all these high names came at a time in history when men began to rely. On the on the on the on 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 the on, on the dichotomy in the political arena of their time, when the church and state began to fuse, the church began to borrow the 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 the, the hierarchy of the world to make themselves apart with those who are in government circles. Nobody is holy in the sense that we call a man his holiness. The man who said, no, he's not holy. Ask him. But I'll make him holy. Give him rope to wear. Wear him cap. Give him a path with a cross. And then, and then, and then he, and then he march out. Men, you know, 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 walking in, 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 in a garment, but they're denying the power in Christ. So let's not begin to Reverence people who are called senior apostles. For there's nothing like that from the word of God. Let's begin to go back to the provisions of God's word. Amen tonight. Now, as I run tonight to build this point, Paul was he an apostle that can be qualified to fit into the apostle of the foundation? Yes. On the following grounds. Paul saw the Lord. Remember, Peter said, the one who had built it from the very beginning. But Paul didn't see him. Paul might have been around, but Paul did not come in close contact with Jesus physically, but Paul saw him. First Corinthians 9, verse 1. Let's turn to everybody. First Corinthians 9, verse 1. Let's see how Paul qualified as a foundational apostle. 
First Corinthians 9 verse 1, it says, Am I not an apostle? Am I not free? Have I not seen Jesus Christ our Lord? Are not ye my work in the Lord? Hallelujah. So he's, he did what? He saw the Lord. Number one. Number two. Paul, okay, but let's go see 1 Corinthians 15 verse 8. Second scripture. 1 Corinthians 15 verse 8. Verse 8 says, And last of all, he was seen of me. Of all the apostles. You see that now? So Paul is putting himself at the wall. Because they saw the Lord, he too, because he understood the criteria. And from everything that happened to him, he fits among the apostles. And he's saying it from what the Lord has revealed to him. Praise God. So we see him to have seen the Lord. Second, he was taught by the Lord. Galatians chapter 1. He was taught by the Lord. Paul was taught by the Lord. Galatians chapter 1. We read from verse 11. See what it says. But I certify you, brethren, that the gospel which I preach, which was preached of me, is not after man. For I neither received them of man, neither was I taught it. But by what? Revelation of who? Jesus Christ. Let's end there. That means what he was teaching was not taught to him by man. He was taught by who? By Jesus. And the apostles of the foundation were also what? Taught by who? By Jesus. So number two, he was taught by the Lord. Three, he walked with other apostles. He says, Peter said, among those who be apostles will be those who have gone out and in with what? With us, among us. That means he must have been with them. And Paul did that also. Let's see Galatians chapter number 1, verse 18 and 20. Galatians 1, 18 and 20. It says, then after three years, I went up to Jerusalem to see Peter and abode with him 15 days. But other disciples saw I none, save James, the Lord's brother. Now the things which I write unto you before, behold, before God, I lie not. Now, Paul came to meet with what? The apostles. He met Peter and others, praise God. So he walked with them. In fact, in Acts 15, he came for the council and they, and they, and they reasoned together and they walked together. So we see Paul, one, he saw the Lord, two, he was taught by the Lord. Three, he walked with other apostles. Then fourthly, we see him being ordained and called an apostle, as an apostle, not by man. Galatians 1, verse 1. So we see who appointed him apostle. Galatians 1, verse 1. Paul, an apostle, what it says, not of men, neither by man, but by Jesus Christ and God the Father. Hallelujah. And God the Father. So we see Paul saying here that his apostleship is by God the Father. Hallelujah. So in the early times, everyone who became apostles in the foundation was an apostle by the Lord Jesus Christ. And Paul said here, his also was by who? By God the Father through our Lord Jesus Christ. So we can see here, by inference, 
that from our analysis here right now, we have at least 13 foundational apostles, all inclusive. And the assignment of the apostle is to go forth by the power of the Spirit, supernaturally opening new grounds, breaking new grounds, and appointing elders and pastors to superintend the work. So apostles don't stay in cities. In fact, apostles are attached to churches where the minister, where the, the worship, where, 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 where they, they, they contribute until there's a need for them to go to another place. Hallelujah. Praise God. Now, I want to say that to make some things very clear about the office of apostles. So as I go on tonight, first and foremost, Jesus Christ was an apostle. Hebrews 31, we have apostles of, of foundation apostles, and we have the non foundation apostles. And the closest to that in our day, like I said, is the evangelists. Um, I mean, some the missionaries who are actually serving God um, in their own work. So let's be careful about arrogating titles to people without people functioning in the role, functioning in the gifting of that office. You know, on after the the, 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 the Bible study on Thursday, I think Thursday night or Friday morning, someone said sent me a a program, a design. And on the, on the design, a statue was an apostle. And I showed my wife and I laughed. But this thing should be taught. So men can humble themselves under God's mighty hand. And let's begin to revert to biblical teachings, to biblical practice, to biblical standard. Every deviation we see today began somewhere. Can God trust you? To insist on his truth in humility our patience. Can God trust us to hold on to his truth and, and, and not seek as we make progress in church to begin to give ourselves names, to start finding more titles? Because today in our world, many think that if you don't have title, you will be respected. That's not the thinking of the early church. And that should be our thinking also. Let the provision of God satisfy us. Let the dictates of the scripture be enough for us. Let the old time religion be sufficient. Let, let, let the word of God, let, let the, the functioning title in, in scripture be enough. Let's not seek to go beyond being a pastor. For being a pastor is a title that Jesus walked in, and Christ wasn't ashamed to be called our shepherd. Bible calls him the bishop and the shepherd of what? Of our souls. He didn't, he, 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 he walked in the office, what a high office it is for a man to be a pastor. Let's not go to a point where we become so great that we can't pastor anymore. There is nothing called an executive pastor. No, we pastor men. There's no executiveness in pastoring. It's a holy call that God has ordained. It's a special office. 
In fact, it's, it's, it's blasphemous for us to infiltrate and tweak and turn that which God has given to us explicitly and begin to follow the rules of men. Folks, all the titles men fight for today did not come from God. It came from men. All these things started at a point in history. Can God trust us to insist in his word? If he has called us to be a teacher, do I be a teacher? If you're a pastor, oh, still there. If you're a deacon, oh, what, what a blessing of the Lord. If you're just a layman, stay in the place. Let no one strive to be in a place where he has not been called into. And let's honor the titles. Let's honor the offices. Let's honor it. Let's not seek divine. By honoring it, we humble ourselves to, 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 to reverence God's word. Tonight, we're going to close. For us as a church, can God trust us to invite back to his word? Can God trust us to stay in the ambit of his giving word? So we call our pastor, pastor. We call our leaders by their name. Whatever the situation in our environment, let's allow ourselves to be pressured to follow the practice of the age. Amen tonight. I know this might be hard because this is all we've known. And we think that what we know might be what is the word, but study God's word is different from what we see. Let's not interpret our word into the Bible. Let the Bible interpret and give meaning to the word for us. So tonight, the office of the apostle is special and the people God has ordained to stand in that office. And he who is an apostle works with all patience and humility. I pray tonight that the true apostle of the Lord will rise up and the false apostles will be exposed that God's word might gain ascendancy one more time in our age in the name of Jesus Christ. Let's bow our heads tonight to pray. And let's pray that the Lord will strengthen his church. That the Lord will cause his work to spread. That the true and genuine men of the Lord shall arise. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Because the time is short. We pray that the spirit of deception of our age will not go, will not be transferred to the next generation. That men will not scramble to be called small senior apostles. That men will not, will not scramble for title 
but they would they would give themselves to the work of the Lord. But by their lives and by the gospel, the world shall be blessed. And the Lord will give the church men that will that will give themselves to his work in all areas. In the name of Jesus Christ. That falsehood will not go further than it has gone. And as Satan keeps pushing falsely, that the true believers, the true apostles, the true, the true servants of God will rise up in every sphere. And the gift of God for the church will manifest in our day. For if God gives the church apostles, then the apostles in the church. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah tonight. Amen. As we close tonight, I want to read to us 2 Timothy chapter 3. I read from verse 10. This is a resume of an apostle. And by extension, a, a minister of the gospel. In fact, the criteria Paul gave in Testament 3 from verse 1 to 11 is applicable to both apostles, prophets, all the offices. But let me read this to us tonight. But thou hast fully known my doctrine, my manner of life, my purpose, faith, long-suffering, love, and patience. Persecutions, afflictions, which came unto me at Antioch, at Iconium, at Lystra, where I went to preach, to break new grounds. That's an apostle. And I endured. But out of them all, the Lord deliver me. For ye, all that will live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. But evil men and seducers who claim to be what? Apostles like him shall wax worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. Wow. But you as a pastor, continue down the things which thou hast learned and has been assured of, knowing of whom thou hast learned them. Knowing from whom thou hast learned them. It's the call of the Lord for, for us to become cautious and not just keep quiet when we see falsehood rise up. Verse 9 of the same church, it says, but they shall proceed no further, for their folly shall be manifest unto all men, as theirs also was. Let's stop keeping quiet in the face of the attack on the truth of God's word. Let's not join men to justify falsehood. Let's join the Lord 
to magnify his word. For when good men keep quiet, evil will become the truth. May God count on you to stand in this time. Thank you, Lord, tonight for your word. Let this word, Lord, register in our hearts. Give us divine understanding. As your people go over this teaching and these notes they've taken again, you expound this in their heart. That they might know your true word and be able, Lord, to teach. Be able, Lord, to profess. Be able, Lord, to counsel. Be able, Lord, to spot and to know that which is right and which is not right. So no one is deceived by people who are themselves being deceived. But we all come to the knowledge of the truth. And by that truth, we proclaim the true gospel and the light of God. Thank you, Lord, for the office of the apostle you give to your church. Lord, strengthen all your apostles, Lord, and help them, Lord, fulfill their ministries. That your name alone might be glorified. Even in Jesus' mighty name, we pray. And we all said, Amen and Amen and Amen. Praise God tonight. Glad to bring us what to you again tonight. I hope you've been blessed by this teaching tonight. You've learned something, but please don't forget it. Don't, don't, don't let this word enter through, the, through your right ear and go out to the left. Let it enter your spirit so you know. And how do you know? By going through the word again and again and, and studying more for yourself and see scriptures, all right? Use scripture toward, to explain scripture so that we can learn and grow because God will bring you into contact with people who need to hear this truth that they may be free indeed and may come to the true knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Thank you for tonight. God bless you. See you again on Thursday as we continue in this study um, as the Lord leads us gradually by his spirit. God bless you and have a blessed night rest in Jesus' name. Amen. Good night, folks, and God bless you all. Amen.